Todd and Rob in, in the, the afternoon. afternoon. Hey, afternoon With Todd and Rob. Oh, yeah. Here we are. We're here for another edition of the new media show after I was off last week, or we are off last week because I was in Phoenix. So uh, actually coming back from Phoenix when uh, the show was supposed to go on. And so here we are, Rob. Welcome back. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've done that same event that you went to the alliances. Yeah. So it's fun. It was good. Interesting. Yeah, I've done it a couple of times. Yeah. It, it felt so, kind of Tony Robinson type almost a little bit. It was, you know, it wasn't quite that, but it was, it was good. Lots of good networking, lots of good contacts that I'm still working yeah. through. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, and anyway, for those, for those of you that don't know, it's just, it was basically an event where it was a bunch of business folks networking and such. So I don't, I haven't asked to apply for membership per se. I don't even know how much that costs, but, um, I was, it was, they were nice enough to ask me to come out and I, I got, I got a little bit of time to, to pitch. I was only going to say it's, it goes by pretty quick, doesn't yeah, it? So you gotta I, get to the point. Yeah, I was uh, fast and furious, and uh, you know, being a podcaster, you're able to do that. But it was, you know, I was the only podcaster in the house, that's for sure. Oh, but yeah. uh, lots of uh, money, lots of money in that building, lots of rich and famous folks, and uh, lots mm-hmm. of VCs, and yeah, so it was it was good, it was fun. But uh, here we are, we're back, and uh, of course we're live and lit. So if you're not already. Uh, playing with one of those newfangled modern podcasting apps at podcastops.com. Please do so. Today, obviously, we are in a value-for-value value situation, so if you value our content, please consider supporting the show. And, of course, uh, you can always boost us when you're live. I did miss a a, a boost. Um, I have to go back because let me look. Um yeah, I, I don't see it. I thought there was a boost. It had come in from from Dave, but um, I think I've read all these. So, uh, But if you've got anything to comment today about being, uh, well, if you're using one of those newfangled apps, feel free to, to hit us up, ping us while we're live. And, of course, uh, we had a, uh, well, we the official announcement comes tomorrow morning, but we uh, we relaunched Podcast Mirror uh, silently. I saw yes. that yesterday mm-hmm. and um so you know all the the blog posts went out this morning and then the press release goes out tomorrow but we basically enabled podcasting 2.0 for anyone that is on a non i'm calling them non-compliant now how can i use this, this gonna piss some people off so if you are part of a non-compliant podcasting host which are most of them which right. are most of them that are that are not <laughs> certified by the podcast oh maybe you should talk about that the psp right um then uh then you can have a compliant podcasting feed with the podcast mirror so and participate Mm -hmm. you go live and lit you can do value for value you can set the medium tag the other thing we can't do is these are all channel level settings. I don't have the ability yet to make any inroads on uh, items, aka post, because that would require a much more sophisticated intervention. And that's what we do. We intervene in the feed. We take the podcast, the way Podcast Mirror works is takes mm-hmm. your feed 
and makes an absolute duplicate mirror of it. Right. And That's what the term podcast mirror stands yeah, for. Right? And uh, <laughs> it will, it will, uh, doesn't change anything if you don't touch any of the settings. And then mm-hmm. you have the ability to, uh, now you can set these podcasting 2.0 features and we will add that to your feed. So it's mirror plus, I guess the better way to say it. And uh, so how does a podcaster take advantage of the, the 2.0 specs? Is it in your back end? Is that how they do that? Yeah, it's in our back end on podcast mirror. So they add the, they add the value for value stuff. But again, it's only at the channel level. They can't use any of the episode level stuff. So it's, um, again, it's, you know, it gets it with the feed that we tested it on was an anchor of Spotify feed that has none of these features. Formerly known as anchor. Yeah. Yes. And uh, still has all the anchor markings in the feed, but we took an anchor feed and we tested by adding all, basically anyone that's on anchor or Libsyn or Podbean, any of those other platforms that have non-compliant feeds, they can now uh, participate in the podcasting 2.0 space. So uh, a a jab in your eye, a little jab in your eye out there. Well, it does give podcasters that 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 want to embrace the yeah, new standard yeah. a pathway for doing that. Yep. Um, that's setting a good example, I guess, for other hosts yep. um, that could, you know, do do the same. And sure. maybe so. What would happen here is kind of similar to what we saw in the early days with FeedBurner, right? It, mm-hmm. It's kind of a similar type of a of a platform. It was. Right? It really was designed. Um, we build it for podcasters. Feedburner right. was built for bloggers and right. it worked for podcasters, but you know, over the years they've, they've done nothing with it. So, right. and podcast. So it mirror, also means that if you want to change hosts or right, right. what, whatever you want to do, you can just change it in the back end of right. podcast mirror right. and not have to, you know, do anything, anything right. really with your host. Yeah. If you don't want to. You just change the source. Now, it's it's not the most clean way to change hosts because what we're going to do right. is if you didn't migrate from one host to the other cleanly and move over those posts from before and carry over the GUIDs, then you could have an event where all your media is re-downloaded again. But the key is if you carry over the GUID and you migrate from one yeah. host to the other, Mir will right. pick up those. It won't replace the 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 GUIDs and you'll be able to have a clean transition. It's actually easier than doing a three hundred one because you just well that that's what you're actually actually not having to do is right. You don't have to do a three hundred one, yeah, because that is it's still going to require you to transfer and duplicate all of our RSS feeds over on the new host on the new host, yeah. But it's and we're and we're we it used to be free. It's been free since two thousand seventeen. Mm-hmm. And uh, we uh, we're charged sixty bucks a year for existing customers get the first year at fifty, then it goes to sixty. But sixty five bucks a month, you know. Mm-hmm. And literally, that that site is used by thousands. You know, there is a lot of shows over there that um, that use it. So I'm sure some are not going to be happy, and they can easily redirect off the platform. They we you know basically one button click, and here's the feed to redirect to. But mm-hmm. we all have this big caution there. Don't redirect to the feed that is currently being pointed at without removing the redirect on the feed that you're, that you're currently, if you're redirecting a feed, which some people do, you don't have to, but uh, we tell them don't, you know, if you've redirected a feed to podcast mirror, 
make sure you take off that redirect before you redirect back to the original feed or it will it'll do a loop-de-loop and it won't be good so mm-hmm. um but most folks uh, they won't even have to do a read they just redirect back to uh, their source feed so it's it's all managed right on the site it's easy to take care of and you can quit at any time so not too many pushback yet so we'll, we'll see when we send the mass email tomorrow to several thousand of the users and say, Hey, uh, you know, we're looking to put our hand in your pocket for $60 a year, um, versus free. So, but you know, we try to add some value and uh, mm-hmm. hopefully that, uh, it's good. You got an email, uh, not an email comment on, uh, YouTube, uh, says bang says, Hey peeps thoughts on the passage of the UK online safety bill. Uh, to be honest with you, I haven't really, followed it have you rob no does that have to do with uh kind of hate speech is that what it would be in regards so that seems to be the hot topic right now i I don't know i'm gonna have to in the eu i'll I'll have to look at it i know they they just whammied tiktok 386 million dollars or something but this is a uk thoughts on the yeah this is a uk this is not eu but the eu did a big the wanger on TikTok for three hundred eighty-seven million for signing up minors. So, um, mm. I guess we're just gonna. I have to send the legal over there and read the, read the bill. So I don't have Fine any print. real feedback. Right. But we yeah. did have some stuff hitting us on Twitter where people were asking us about our opinions on uh, YouTube. Uh, basically, there's some guy I don't and I don't I don't follow this. Um, let me see. Let me get to the comments so I can actually talk authoritatively here. There's a, um, the mention was, um, gatekeeper Vimeo censored, oh, censored a child, children trans documentary film. I have nothing to know about this, but I guess Venmo took that down. Um, film is an art form. It should never be silenced. Again, Venmo's in business. They can, you know, it's their choice on what content they want on their system. So I really don't have an opinion on that, but this Russell brand is, have you oh, heard this right. name is he's gotten in trouble. He's got something. Oh, he's going a on. long, long, long time podcaster in the podcasting space. He's, he had an exclusive contract with audio boom for many years. Um, so, and he's been, he's like a, like a movie star kind of comedian and stuff like that. And he's built a huge following on YouTube and, and, uh, as well as on rumble. I so, guess he's his yeah, multi-millions of people are listening to him. Someone said that his channel was demonetized. Demonetized. Is yep. he in trouble for something? Uh, I guess he's under investigation for some sort of, a uh, sexual assault oh. or something like that that he's being accused of. Uh-huh. Uh, he hasn't been convicted of anything or it's, it's, there's, there's an, no, like there's an accusation out there. It, there's just an accusation and YouTube took him down oh. because of an accusation. Well, the question is, and this is the thing I, I mean, not took him down, but demonetized him. So did YouTube demonetize him or did the advertisers unplug from him? I don't know that that distinction has been made. The, the only thing that's been said is that uh, YouTube basically pulled the plug on his monetization um, support in the platform. 
they haven't come out and saying that oh. certain advertisers have pulled out of advertising or something like that because it doesn't usually so work that so way. usually so, the YouTube says you can you're you're no longer monetized so oh so that's what happened there and hmm. I think frankly you know this was like I think for for him probably it was a straw that broke the camel's back with with YouTube because right. I think he's been given many kind of content strikes over the many years. Yeah. that he's been doing a show and building a huge following. And so, you know, there's, you know, at some point when something breaks that like gives them that one little edge that they need to, 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 to flip action. the switch. Right. right. So, and you know, and again, again, that basically the, the Twitter follower that sent us, this says that it's what you and I and others have been warning about forever. Gatekeepers control it. And well, uh, it, it's, it's part of this bigger conversation around content moderation. Right. right. Um, now granted we're talking about YouTube, so that's kind of yep. like a foregone conclusion that that's been sure. going on. It's, it's, I think it's most happened. of our conversation has been centered around this kind of moderation coming to podcasting. Yeah. So, yeah. which is a different conversation to some degree. So again, I, you know, I really don't have, you know, again, Venmo or Vimo or however you pronounce them, V I M E O Vimo. That, you know, that's, I think you have to pay to use that platform. So well, it's one of those situations. Yeah, Venmo is like a PayPal. It's like a payment platform. Right. Gate, oh, Vime. Oh. How did or is it Vimeo? Vimeo. Vimeo. V-I-M-E-O. So they're an online streaming. They're similar they're to YouTube. Video yeah, video platform, streaming platform. Right. So Yeah, you, they've been around since. Yeah, been since forever. Just, just after YouTube launched, actually. They've been yeah. around a long time. Yeah. So that platform if i remember correctly now is mostly paid they had bought live stream it's all paid yeah and we paid. actually stream on live stream as well many people don't know that but this show's streamed on live stream as well but mm -hmm. if you're and i pay to have our show streamed on live stream i think i pay about six hundred dollars a year for that um this show, Geek News Central, a couple of others that are part of the Tech Podcast Network use that same stream on live stream. We have different channels. But, um, you know, again, this is a platform that they can choose who and what type of content they want on there. And again, I'm not one to <clears throat> tell someone what they can do with their business model. But again, you're on a platform that you have paid for that is or someone has paid for that content to be up there and if you violate their terms of service or they don't like doing business with you most companies have this ability to say you're out you're gone we don't we don't want the content whatever it may be to be associated with now yeah, it depends on the the specificity of the terms of service right that so you, that you agreed to and right. i'm not going to guess i'm not going to question if spotify if vimeo if youtube and i don't question if they want to remove content i just warn people that they can that can happen right and that if you and if you as a content creator are going to have content that you are concerned about being deplatformed then having mm -hmm. your show on an rss feed you can still be that platform from all the major distribution points in podcasting. That's happened already to a, a show or two. I think just mm -hmm. one real primarily, but uh, there's been a handful of, them. yeah, but, I mean, the, but you, again, many, the RSS right. piece of this allows the show to remain online and mm -hmm. people can still, those that choose can still follow and subscribe to your show manually. 
Um, it doesn't stop that. So again, I, you know, I'm not, I, I can have a personal opinion on what these sites do. Um, and oftentimes I do, I'm not going to air it, but at the same time, I think that, uh, you know, blueberries, we've, we've had a, a issue with a gambling site. Um, and it's, we believe, and from everything that we've been made to understand is that gambling sites trying to defraud people. So we've had to, we've had, they've come back two or three times to try to reestablish their account. We said, no, it's, you know, we don't, we refuse to do business with you. And, um, Todd, I mean, isn't, isn't gambling by its very nature, a form of fraud? <laughs> well, again, if it was, I think, I, it is. I think the key here is no, I know. gambling shows and stuff like that. But what they were trying to do was set up yeah. a website that basically was trying to defraud people of their money. They weren't, they weren't a real organization. Right. I mean, they weren't U.S. based at all. They were overseas and we reviewed and everything and everything we got back was this. They're, they're just they're just trying to steal money. So, uh -huh. you know, and it had been reported. It wasn't like we went looking for it. It had been reported yeah. as an issue site. So, you know, we said, OK, no, we, we don't want your business. Matter of fact, they weren't even publishing a podcast. So that was the kind of the funny thing, too. So, again, we all have our terms of service of what we allow within our platforms. And, uh, you know, anything that's going to, for our opinion is if you're trying to defraud someone and being blatant about it and running, you know, uh, links that are, go to honeypots that are do nothing more than try to get people to give up their money and lose it forever. And we're not having it. Right. It's, it would yeah. be, you know, it was reported to us and why would we, why would we leave that up and then cause, you know, we'd be just as much to blame if we knew this site was a fraud and left it up. Yeah. So it wasn't necessarily, it was their actions. It wasn't their content. Yeah. And speaking of this topic, uh, cast media has been in the news Woo! Um, Woo! about their Woo! lack of payment to Woo! content creators. Man, two um, YouTube videos. I didn't watch the second one, but. Woo! Yeah. Yeah. I thought, that was, you know, and this is an interesting, um, kind of sign of what's been, what's kind of been going on kind of behind the scenes, um, that a lot of people haven't been talking about. And it's interesting that it's finally, these kind of things are finally coming out. And I think that they're, they're really rooted in the same issue primarily. Um, I mean, one of the primary issues is fraud, but right. you know, above that, it's the issue of, of guarantees, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah and exclusives and those kind of things, which is, which is what one of those areas that the industry is completely pulling back from. Um, and what we're seeing happen here is a great example of why they're not good deals to get into, um, for anyone involved actually. But a lot of the bigger media companies have been pushing for this. Um, and that's primarily where it's happened. And, but then it's been, uh, increasingly felt, by smaller companies that have felt like they had to compete with that in order to compete with the bigger companies and the ones that typically had deeper pockets that this isn't going to happen to, but the smaller companies that have adopted these guarantees sticking their neck out saying, you know, well, this is what it appears the revenue is going to be from this show. And, you know, we'll be able to pay it. Right. right? Um, and they don't. And then in the end it doesn't because the economy drops and advertising revenue declines and, Guess what? They're in the hole. Speak of a whammy. Look at this one. 
Courtside Group. Yeah. Oh, court. oh so that's the name that they went public with was Courtside. Oh, oh may, hang on here. No, no, no. Maybe this is the wrong one. Well, well, that's, uh, that's let me come back because it's P one or something like that. Let me go. Let well, me make sure I got yeah, the. But courtside uh, was the legal name. Oh, of it's Pod C. One. It's yeah, it's Pod C is the Nasdaq listing. I got the right one. Right, but courtside uh, yeah. group was the parent company right. of Podcast One back when I was working for them. So eight um, bucks was right. the. It was supposed That's to open it. It was supposed to open at eight. <laughs> Yeah. 224 now think about this so yeah. th this wasn't a traditional opening they basically all the intern the, the people that got the stock were the ones that said okay you get it at five dollars you can buy it at five and you as right. an employee can get it at 375 or whatever it is and there was probably preconditions on how long they had to hold and sell and you know there are all kinds of things and mm -hmm. uh so we're gonna open this thing at eight <laughs> Two dollars and twenty four cents uh, closed today, or two dollars and thirty cents. Um, so, what was that uh, peak high there? A peak high was five. No, two dollars and fifty six cents. Let's look at the one month average here. So, it, when it did actually open, it, it opened at four dollars and thirty nine cents, and this is why it took. Okay. A, and they actually did a bunch of stops. They stopped it a couple of times to try to prevent the slide, but. It opened at four thirty nine, and now it's down around two dollars and thirty cents. Now, yeah. you know, and again, this is Todd's opinion. <laughs> this is Todd's opinion. This is perfect example of how Podcast One counts. In my in my opinion, <laughs> said, "Hey, we're going to open at eight. It's worth eight, but you're only going to get two. So, right? It's and well, the market said it's worth two. 230. Yeah, exactly. So that's about two times, uh, two, four. Yeah, about so right. Are you yeah. Taking this perspective from the, the podcaster and the advertiser. I'm taking this from the, the podcaster counting perspective. Okay. Again, this is Todd's <laughs> Todd's opinion. Right. All right. Opinion. My opinion. It's not a, it's not a disparaging. No, it's, it's, a, it's just, just it's just interesting. You know. Right. Yeah, correct. <laughs> wow. 230. No, you no. know, and here's the challenge. So there's people that are left in it. Again, I'm just thinking, I'm just talking in my opinion, in my opinion, there is likely, I'm not saying there is, there is likely people holding stock at a much higher price that are now yeah. screwed, in the hole. screwed. Yeah. And now totally in the hole, totally right. in the hole. And right. maybe they got stock for some sort of contract. Maybe they got, a, you know, hey, you're going to get some stock. We're going to give you stock for you to be with us for a year. Sign here, you know, and, and you get it at the discount price of five bucks from the opening at eight. And maybe they, maybe they really haven't lost real money, but they maybe have lost. Okay, I was expecting eight. This is at five. Now it's at two and a half. So, you know, it's a, it's, it's a quarter of what I was thinking it was going to be. And now, you know, they are, they're going to have to work hard. It's going to take a couple of years to get this back up to five, $6 range if they are ever able to. So did they um, share in this, um, 
granted equity request how much money was raised from the offering i don't think they um, raised money i that's this is the thing i don't think they did they i think well, they that's did that's the only reason to do it well really, and, and unless they distributed it all internally again i don't know they had service and banks or whatever i don't know i don't know what the number is i haven't I, again i'm not a stock yeah, analyst it doesn't say, someone you know, someone that knows this can send this to us and say okay todd this is how much they got da, 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 and you know but because they usually have a certain amount of shares that are offered to the investors right, um, right, right. That, that can buy those shares at, you know, whether it be $4 a share or $3 a share, some sort of discounted I, I was, price. I was hearing that this was not like a traditional raise money thing. That's what well, I heard. So, but again, I, I know I, I'm, I'm clueless yeah. when it comes to this. I don't, don't take any stock advice from me. Zero. But well, well, and I'm, I'm looking at the actual release itself, and it doesn't give any kind of what the initial private offering was. Yeah, they say the market cap is fifty two point six nine million. Is what the market cap is on this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now here's the here's the interesting thing. This chart looks a lot like Libsyn's chart when they went when they were public. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> You know, except there was some spikes over the years where, you know, in my opinion, a certain individual was pumping and dumping in my opinion, uh, yeah. you know, but it's interesting that the stock is down at this low. Well, I mean, there's a good chance that all the employees of the company that had had shares. Right dispersed to them are probably doing okay. Yeah. It's, well, just, it's the prices is probably lower than what it was because they probably didn't cost them anything for those shares. Maybe. Or, Bonuses. You know, they had a strike price. Right. Right. You know, so there's, there's all sorts of ways that one can slice and dice this. Um, but it, let's be honest. This wasn't exactly the best time in the economy to be taking any company public. Well, um, you know, People are always, right. you know, podcasting is supposed to be hot, right? We're supposed to be uh, hit, getting what towards what two what billion dollars or something is like that. Is it really that yeah. hot, Todd? Yeah, I don't know that it is you know, that that's hot the, right now. That's you know, that's the word on the street. Is everything super hot, 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 hot? <laughs> is that because that's what we want it to be, or is it because it actually? Uh, is? I'm just, I'm just reporting what's being reported by other people publicly. It's I hot, know, hot, I, hot. It's it's super hot, yeah, <laughs> and it is from a listener perspective. It's hot, hot, yeah, hot, it is it absolutely from a you know if you kind of back up a little bit and you look at uh, you know Sony Music doesn't feel like it's so hot, do no, they? but it's right. But here's the thing too that I, <laughs> I you know we're sitting here kind of digging a little bit, but I uh, never want to see stock prices go negative. I want to see people be successful. I want to see them make a lot of money. I want to see people enriched. I want to see their pockets full of $100 bill stacks. That's, we really want that. I, you know, honestly, yeah, I do. I want people to be successful. I want them to be get rich on podcasting if they can. I, you know, that's, you know, the end goal. A lot, some people, okay. Let me say, Todd. It's a slippery slope to say you want people to get rich. Well, Todd. I want people. It's a different matter of, of people wanting to make a living. Right. Or you know, have a reasonable return yeah, on their Absolutely. You know, and their investments. And if someone right. has a good idea, starts a great business and builds it to maturity and has an exit, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for people that do that. They get an exit, put some extra dollars in their pocket. That, that to me is, and if a show is successful, 
It grows a show, grows an audience, whatever way they monetize V for V, advertising, whatever it may be, whatever way they're successful. I'm happy for them. I really don't like people to see failure. I, I don't. I, but it's right. just, you know, some things are kind of ironic. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because, you know, honestly, I, I could have been along on that ride if things had changed years ago. You know, there could have been, I could have been part of that slide. Uh, maybe if I was still around, um, if we'd have got bought, you know, who knows? But um, right. it's, it is a, it is a curious Lots of time. different. I've been through that too. I've been with companies that, had, you know, I, w- I worked at for a while and then I left and they went public or they had a big fundraise or they sold to another company or something like that. And I was gone. So, so 21,000, uh, 2,000, 2,112 stats from Dave Jones, game changer, Todd, we've been asked to do this numerous times, but always said, no, this is always something that hosting's company should be doing. Not us about podcast mirror. Dave also say hey, Podbean actually declares the namespace, but I only think they support a couple of tags so far. Oh, okay. That's good if they do. So, um, again, uh, and it's not a lot. I think we did eight tags channel level. Um, so again, it gives anyone that's actually most of the tags, isn't it? No, 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 no. There's, there's more again, where we're missing though, is again, I can't do items. Some of the really, really cool stuff that's happening right now is happening at the item level value timestamps. Uh, there, there'll be some more we can add, but basically here's the deal <laughs> i'm going to watch adoption and if we get enough adoption on podcast mirror where people are using 2.0 tags or features mm-hmm. then i'll start to invest more money in it maybe we'll do some because it's going to be tricky because if if to inject something into an episode level item that's a whole nother level of magic um, that's a whole nother level of magic that we'd have to do. Another 2112 from Dave. The problem is that exit became the goal when Spotify, Spotify came in and threw $2 billion around the room. The product itself got lost. Some people did. Some people mm-hmm. got lost. The rest of us have been sitting in here and digging in the trenches and, you know, and di- digging ditches. We've been busy, you know, building things. So... Yeah, Pete, and I'd be honest with you, you look at that exit that uh, the anchor had, you know, they were on, they were, they were, they were out of money. They were gasping for air and they got Mm -hmm. that Hail Mary of a hundred plus million dollars, whatever it was. And it came within this close of being gone, Mm -hmm. you know? And uh, yeah. That's what happens when you build a business without any kind of monetization or business model and 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 you know and i had told i've told this story already i was in with the spotify group a few months later and i'm like who sold you this bill of goods why did you you know why in the and i this i said it to him i said why in the world would you have spent this much money on that property and oftentimes and dave maybe you probably know this and we're talking to dave jones is listening maybe there's always investors are always looking to scratch other investors backs. It's almost like this quid pro pro. It's almost like, okay, company Mm -hmm. X, Y, and Z have invested in this. 
and they're looking for an exit and we want them to be friends. And, you know, then the, the, the exit price gets exaggerated because they, it's almost kind of that type of a thing. I feel maybe not, but I want, I want the person that negotiated a deal for anchor on my team. <laughs> I want that guy in negotiating my exit if I ever get to that point, you know, because holy crap, you know, talk about a multiple that was off the chart. Um, mm -hmm. you know, that's, that's whatever, you know, if someone's willing to pay that kind of money, I'll take their cash any day of the week. Come to me with a hundred million dollars. Uh, I'll retire. <laughs> You know, but, um, yeah. so. Yeah, it's interesting what, what has happened to that brand. You know, it, it had a big impact on podcasting. There, there's no question about well, that. It's still, it's, it's still gaining it's just, a lot of shows. Yeah. But, oh yeah. You know, it's we, not growing as fast as it was in the early days. We had, so. we, you know, and you know, they've convoluted the, 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 you know, one of our support guys and, I, and maybe I shouldn't say this, but someone said, I want my video on anchor. And we're like, they will not take an RSS. I mean, and it went up, they want their video on Spotify. And we keep right. saying they will not take our video feeds. The only way you can get video on Spotify is you have to go direct. You have to directly upload it. You have like to go over there direct. Right. And that's the only way you can get it there. And they're, they're like, why you're on pass through. Well, yes, they'll take our audio, but they won't take our video. It's right. the carrot that says, Hey, come on over here. They could very right. easily take our video feeds. Right. Tomorrow. They could flip the switch. They could take it tomorrow. But they won't because it would probably take some development on their side to why to it should support that. Nah. If they can take in video now, why it wouldn't be a lift. They they could do it if they wanted to. They don't. It's a marketing ploy. Yeah. The only way you get your video over here is you come over and you host over here. Plus the honest answer to that is that most people in the industry don't view video RSS feeds right. uh, as, as much of a play yeah. anymore yeah, too. That's true. So, which kind of a little bit leads into the oh, kind yeah. of the next topic that the we want to maybe talk a little bit about. I, I mean, I, I'm not here to just kind of give, give kind of a bad talk to an article that came out uh, necessarily, but just want to clarify some things because I think this article that I'm talking about is one that was written by Stephen Goldstein. And I, I totally appreciate Steve. He's my neighbor here in Connecticut. And, and I think he, he does a lot of good things for the podcasting industry. I think he, you know, he hosts some great panels and talks about podcasting and stuff, but he put this article out just the last couple of days uh, it's called the three eras of podcasting. And I guess I was a little surprised, um, but maybe in some ways, maybe I shouldn't, but he's now teaching a course at the, at the university in, in New York city called NYU on the business of podcasting. And uh, so he's, he's teaching young people about the, the creating a business around podcasting sure. is kind of the, the concept here, but he, he wrote this article kind of specifying out the three eras of podcasting, which is trying to, trying to say that, you know, we're in these kind of like these different phases of podcasting's kind of growth and development. And I'll, I'll list his number one, which is 
the me undies era, which was a little bit, um, in the dawning days, it says the dawning is, days. Okay. Is the me undies era said this first era was the golden age when podcasting was finding its rhythm. So the name of the game was authenticity with baked in ads forming the backbone of a monetization strategy. So keep in mind, everything that's being viewed here is being viewed from the lens of monetization, which right. is actually um, not an accurate portrayal of the early stages of podcasting. It was opposite of that. Absolutely. So, so you're kind of just taking this position that this is kind of like the first era of podcasting that was all about monetization and, and host endorsements and all the stuff like that it I, actually wasn't all. I was that ridiculed and lost half right. of my audience when I announced right. a book deal. How dare so you, you? How dare you take money for the art of podcasting? I mean, you're a sellout. You, you, I mean, you, I got oh, I got given all all sorts of flack because I had a radio show back brutalized, in era, <laughs> and and I was running advertisements on my radio show, yeah. and they were making it into my podcast, and sure. I was getting criticized for being a sellout. Um, and there were people that were taking endorsements back then, um, uh, that were actually trashing their advertising yeah, they were. Their podcasts. <laughs> I mean, he, it, I mean, Steve is true that authenticity was, oh, the it, key was thing. it was off this authentic all right. Right. But what he's missing is the inverse orientation of an earlier era. So yeah, yeah. what I told Steve is there's actually four eras of podcasting. The first era was anti-commercial. Oh, big time. <laughs> Right. So, and, and then this, this next era, which is, I'm not sure what the me undies is really I, you know, all about. And, I think and, and actually right. Rob, starting about 2005. Right. No, early 2006. I had to beg shows, beg, beg, yeah. beg, beg. I have an advertiser for you. I can get you monetized. We can make you substantial car, the pay money. I mean, car, right. car payment money. No, I don't want any advertising. I had to beg shows to take advertising and that lasted a while. Yeah. And, <laughs> and let's also be frank about it too. This me undies, um, is a brand, right. Um, that was an advertiser. And so I think what he's using that term is to describe that was the era of, of let's say blue apron and things like that, which is, which is true. I mean, I think that there was a small amount of advertising that was being put into podcasting and the kind of the date reference that he talks about in this one section, um, because he mentioned in October of 2014, Apple took the giant step of embedding its podcast app natively in all iPhones. Right. That was an um, inflection point. Well, it was an important inflection point, but I don't right. know that it was really at the root of any kind of uh, era. No, change. no, um, no. So, you know, I think that, you know, he's kind of missing because, you know, let's be honest about, you know, Steve wasn't around back then. <clears throat> I will say the 2004 to 2008, nine mm -hmm. was the really high anti advertising period. But around anti-commercialism anti of, of anything. anything. And around 2009, right. it kind of, what happened was some bigger shows came in. Adam Carolla and some others around that time, eight, nine came in where they were big, massive audiences that didn't exist prior to that, where all of a sudden then he's running three, four ads, not very effectively either. 
Mm-hmm. Um, matter of fact, I can talk about a $20,000 ad deal that was run on a certain big show at the time that got goose eggs for results because yeah. the host actually kind of dogged the product while he was doing the host endorsement and he got paid 20 grand for that. Whereas I knew what was going to happen. And I had asked the mm-hmm. advertiser, I had begged the advertiser not to run the advertising in the show. Mm-hmm. Cause I said, you're going to waste your money. I made them sign a waiver said, I will not give you any, uh, make goods. You're not going to come back and not pay it. I'm advising against this. I had like a legal document that they signed. And then when they went and run that ad on that specific show, because of the way it was portrayed by the host, even though we had a great, script zero zero conversions they still wrote me my 20 grand i paid the podcaster but i was like you didn't listen to me (laughs) so though i would say todd this article um if it's taken from the perspective of um the eras of podcast monetization it's probably fairly accurate but if he's talking about podcasting just in general, and as far as the title of the article, the three eras of podcasting, yeah. doesn't say the three eras of podcast advertising. Oh, I got you. Um, so, so that's where it kind of caught me a little bit off because, you know, I, and, and so his second era. Hold on a second. Tom says the first era was the pirate era. Right, right. which is fine too i don't have a problem with that either i I think think it's about right it's 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 true as well yeah um but yeah i think that there is an era missing here and i believe me i love the conversation of talking about trying to uh put the different um eras and podcasting in their context (laughs) i i I think it's a great discussion because Uh. it's a way to kind of help new people to the medium to really understand how this medium has evolved. Because if they understand each of these eras, they will have a better contextual orientation to why the medium looks like it does today. Mm. Right. Um, Because there are aspects of the earlier eras in every, even today, it's still there. If you look at the medium from a, a viewpoint of historical knowledge, um, there, most of the podcasting space is not monetized. Right, right. <laughs> that takes you back to an earlier era. Well, still the, space is mo- still the space is mostly yeah. non-monetized. Non-monetized, right. And people don't always do podcasts I, just to make advertising. I, I was in a meeting today. I can't say where, who, or with who. <laughs> and they said this, if we implement this, and I can't talk about what they want to implement, this will bring the advertisers to the small shows. And I laughed. I laughed out loud. <laughs> I I literally laughed. And, and, and the Zoom meeting stopped. It was kind of like, why are you laughing? I said, I've been waiting for this for, for since literally 2008. Right. And you know how many times I've heard this? Yeah. Well, it's a recurring theme. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I, I don't know, Todd. I mean, I... I'm pretty open to this too. From yeah, yeah, standpoint. Yeah. I, I, I would love it that podcasters can make money from Me their too. shows. Me too. It's just, it's proven <laughs> over the years to be just not something the medium really wants. I mean, I, I mean, it doesn't, not everybody wants to make money from their shows like that. Yeah. Not so, everybody does. And that's, and those, that and, and about half, okay. and half of those that say they do don't answer their email. 
<laughs> right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it just or, passes they, them they, right they, by. They, right. Yeah, yeah, I saw this deal come in, man. I, I said, yeah, the deadline on that was uh, 21 days ago. Sorry. <laughs> right. Okay. And the second era of podcasting, I want to clarify this, is the throwing spaghetti against the wall oh. era, expansion and experimentation. Oh, okay. So this... <laughs> This phase saw podcasting diversity expanded like never before. With the introduction of dynamic insertion, audio ads turned sophisticated. Mm. It wasn't just about placing an ad, but delivering it to the right listener at the right time. Big companies saw the potential and rushed in. They still aren't getting it right. Well, I hate to say, but dynamic ad insertion has been around podcasting right, right. since probably, I think Lipson deployed it first back in like 2006. Yeah, we were a few uh, years later. I think I have to look at our timeline, right. maybe 2008, 2009 or something like that. Right. And I was working on pretty powerful dynamic ad insertion <clears> when <throat> I was working at Podcast One uh, back in 2014. Um, so, you know, in some ways, his first era and his second era are kind of blending together. Um, because that's not really when dynamic ad insertion I, I really think took the, off. The spaghetti phase really has happened multiple times. Well, it's happened over the whole lifespan. Well, it's been like splat 2010, splat 2012, <laughs> it's, splat it's 2014. Splat and fall off the wall. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. And the better way is chewing gum. Let's not use spaghetti. Let's start <laughs> chewing gum on the wall. And some stuck, some didn't, right? <laughs> well, the problem is not that much stuck. <laughs> and, 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 and some people came, went, right. came back and have left again, you know, or maybe the third yeah. time, some companies. Yeah. So, I mean, Maybe Todd, I should write an era of podcasting article like this, and and I'm sure it would be quite different than this. No, I'm but, sure. Um, I'm sure I'd have fun tearing it apart too. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I, I mean, it is. A, I, I think you know, it's, it's a fun story. It right? is, you know, right. and it's it's. I think it's. Uh, I keep calling it evolution. It is. I, I wanted oh, yeah. to, you know, early days said we had a revolution, baby. No, you know, not. it's never been a revolution. It's well, always been this evolution. And it's a continuum. Adam, Adam Curry wanted to make it a revolution. He's the one that did the podcast talking about riding the yeah yeah you know rocket. And, you but know. you know that was a gr- that still is one of the best opening openings uh, trailers right. to a podcast ever. You know, right. as a matter of fact, uh, Dave, if if you're still listening, send me that if you can find that segment. You know, I got. That uh, small clip where yeah, small, saying, I got so much strapped writing, to my, yeah. <laughs> yeah, to my ass writing to the future. You I know, is what he said, that is right. still to me, one of the best openers ever to any podcast that I've ever listened to. Um, but I think yeah. that, uh, it's, I, I think what we are seeing though, is that what big companies have found out, <laughs> this is hard. <laughs> yeah. It's hard work. You know, it's yeah. hard to have compelling hits. It's it's just like, I think it's just like TV and they try to make these hits and they spend a lot of money doing it and some stick and some don't. Um, mm-hmm. And yet you have, you know, people with, you know, I, I look at it every day. I'm in my stats and I'm looking at our top 50 and it shows that you're doing a half million, half million downloads or listens per listen. And, you know, 
they've been around forever. No one, they, they're not any top 200 list, but yet they're consistently doing half a million every, and they're out there just rocking it. And it's just one, one lady or one guy. And you know, they don't have a big budget. They, it, they just have compelling content. Right. Yeah. And, and so go ahead. Oh, I was just going to jump to the third era of podcasting, um, which is, the what's a podcast era so the visual uh-huh. paradigm shift so it says as achieving hits and durable titles became more challenging podcasters focused attention on pushing and pulling more marketing levers <laughs> to reach audiences yeah once a purely auditory experience um our our medium has now stepped into the visual limelight i don't agree uh, it's not the line. Well, it's, it's, it's totally missing the historical aspect of this. Um, this whole video with podcasting is not new. It's not people have been asking what's a podcast since it started. Right. Uh, right. Right. And this blending between audio and video has always been with podcasting. It's only been less so because of the dominance of YouTube. Um, but it's always been there. This show is an example of it. Um, We've been doing video podcasts. We've been doing video for years and years and years and years and years. Way back um, in the first era (laughs) (laughs) of podcasting. So I'm not saying that this show is necessarily indicative of the whole industry. I'm just saying that that it's it's more like this video thing is more like a, a kind of like a renewed energy around video. It's not something new and the actually, only thing I, actually, new about I, it is is youtube is actually embracing the idea i'm actually kind of excited because we've actually got people interested in video podcasting again you yeah, know no, for years exactly, for years we yeah. we were the lone wolves tom goes on to say the early GoDaddy audible days in the late 2000s were definitely spaghetti days well i'm telling you that for me it was yeah. audible GoDaddy. And Citrix go to meeting, <laughs> right. you know, yeah. and w- without sure. GoDaddy, without Citrix go to meeting, I would not be here. Blueberry would not be here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they carried us for, you know, those early years, you know, and it, it, I mean, literally it carried the company, those two advertisers alone, um, mm-hmm. You know, and right back here, you know, GoDaddy's still a sponsor of my tech show. And, you know, knock on wood, thank God they, they renew every month. But it's, uh, you know, I still have to deliver. But at the same time, the, um, <laughs> you know, some of the stuff GoDaddy did back in some of those days with its prior owner, whoo, you, you know, it, it wouldn't, that, that company wouldn't have survived in today's environment had something happen what happened maybe 10 or more years ago happened today they they would lose their customer base like that they'd be out of business because the the times have changed and you know they were they were very smart finally to pivot and not be how should we say it so male uh what what's the word i want to use i don't know that's dominant yeah, well, they're they're they are now have a diversified message. They understand their customer base is much greater than just a bunch of male geeks. So, yeah. well, that's how this medium started. To be honest, I'm not you know I I don't think any of us can look at the history of this medium. I mean, in order to be involved in this medium, it required you to be a geek. 
you yeah. couldn't um, start in this medium unless you had technical skills because there just weren't the tools there to do it. And that attracted, you know, the people like us. <laughs> I, I, I wrote a kind of tongue in cheek article right. for Sonia for her upcoming release of her magazine and basically kind of talks about the his my, my kind of a little bit of my history without really yeah. going into too much details. And um I probably forgotten more than I've you know it's just you know there's so many right. years behind us at this point. And it was kind of interesting yeah. to do that memory lane. I have a document that kind of has some dates and some you know timelines and achievements and stuff like that that I've kept over the years. But the the evolution of this space in some instances we are no better off today than we were in 2004 or 2005 right. you know what are what are we still challenged with yeah, we're I still don't... we're still challenged with number one growing shows mm-hmm. we're still challenged with helping podcasters that want to monetize monetize and to grow right and you know those are still two of the main things that i you know deal with on a daily basis with podcasters so even it's though the discovery that, thing, Todd, that, okay. that's what everybody's been talking about so for like 20 even, years. Even now, though so. it's, we're 19 right. years later, um, right. almost at this point, um, not 20, almost 19 years later. Um, actually we are at 19 years now. The, yeah, we are. We're coming up on 20 here. Yeah. And then my show's but, coming yes. up on 19, you know, October 9th will be 19 years for my personal show. But it's, yeah. it is some of the same challenges we had even those early days. Now, granted, yeah, being early, yeah, there was some advantage there. But those listeners are, some of those listeners are still with me for 19 years, but 99% of them are not. Are not, right. So or I, they've moved on to other shows. So one says, right. oh, you had this great advantage of being early. Well, I had a greater advantage early just to kind of build a show, but at the same point to maintain a show and continue to grow and still have support and, still have engagement, you know, all these years later, that wasn't because I was early. Matter of fact, it's harder because I'm the old dude now, you know? And so, so this, this also, this comment in the article too, once a purely auditory experience, he's talking about podcasting, our, our medium has now stepped into the visual limelight. Well, Steve, I have to say, I, I was friends with some CEOs of some um, startup companies in the early days of this medium. Um, uh, one was called a, a Revision Three. Um, <laughs> one was called uh, um, How Stuff Works. Yep, uh, which was acquired by the Discovery Channel. Um, built their entire company, startup company, into a multi-million-dollar company on video podcasting. Right, and making that show available in YouTube as well as on an RSS feed. Yep. So, you know, this is not a new phenomenon, right? What we're seeing happen here. This happened in a very significant degree many years ago, uh, pr- probably from probably 20, 2007 through probably it started to decline because of uh, YouTube's dominance to some degree, uh, probably coming into probably 2014 or so. Well, you, you look when, in that era of revision three, twit. How stuff works, yep. all that was right there, kind of in those a line. Were huge programs. I yeah, mean, yeah. those were those were fan, you know, Ask a Ninja. Remember, yep. remember that series? Yeah. And those were huge programs, and they were extremely popular. 
and was really indicative of the kind of mirroring uh, of podcasting between audio and video back in the era. I mean, I built a video podcast app inside a Windows Media Center back in 20, 2010. There's another so, show. Oh, I got to right. go over to the podcast awards and look at career winners to tell you they're still around, but they're right. primarily not necessarily a podcast anymore. It's, oh, it's a news. Oh, man. As soon as I say it, people are going to know who it is. Let me go look and see if I can find their name in the history. But again, there's a yeah, whole I bunch think, of examples. Yeah, I think it's, you know, I guess the bottom line of what, what I'm saying is that the the history of podcasting is not easy to fit into specific eras because there's a lot of things that have been tried in the past that failed and that maybe are working now that maybe failed in the past. And so it's a very convoluted story is what, what it is. And it's very difficult to put it into buckets because there's a lot of linkages with the past into the present. And that's why your comment about this being an evolution is, is really, I think a better representation of what this medium has gone through. It's not distinct eras that have very distinct um, things that, that necessarily happen because there's a lot of linkages between the past and the present. I can't find this. I'm trying to dig through here. I know they won one year and I'm just, so, it, you know, but again, yeah, I'm not going to mm-hmm. dig on Steve too much because no, I'm not, I, I mean, I, I think it's, it's just drawing clarity on what I'm fearful is that people are going to get the wrong impression here about what the history of podcasting is. But most people and, don't care. Well, they don't care what Todd and Rob think about the history. No, well, of podcasting. they don't. And that's exactly true. <laughs> um, and, but I do think that people reading this article uh, are typically newer people to the medium. And this is what they're going to think is what the history is and what the current present is. It's, you know, another line in here that's emphasizes the result of this is the lines between podcasts and visual shows are blurring. And the majority know there is research that's showing that YouTube is becoming more prominent in the podcasting space, but is that more is that a result of YouTube or is that a result of, of podcasters? I think I'm it not, was young Turks, 2012. They were another one that built a very successful. And, and they video. were, and they were the year they won. They had in the podcast awards in 2012, I had best video podcast in mm-hmm. 2011. It was this week in tech in 2010. It was Ted. Ted was distributing stuff via podcast. Uh, so I only had that category starting in 2010. So look at this. Ted won in 2010, 2011, This Week in Tech. 2012 was The Young Turks. 2013, Rob has a podcast. Yep. There was Rob's no, there was no right. awards on that I did in 2014. 2015, it was Night Attack. And then I think we dropped Best Video Podcast because it faded from popularity around 2015. Well, so I dropped, into YouTube I dropped the video podcast category in 2015, mm-hmm. and there hasn't been one since. But you look at Young Turks, they're still, they're still massive. They have a massive YouTube channel. Right. I, just let me look. I'm, I'm 90% sure they're still... You know, and in this conversation about what's a podcast, I, I think 
what is a more interesting conversation to have is that, well, what is the yeah. aspects of what's happening right so, now? Really, really a legitimate kind of like difference now between the past and the present. See, look but at anyway, the, go, these go guys have got a 5.75, 5.57 million subscribers on YouTube, but they started as a video oh. podcast long time ago right these guys have been around a long time yeah a long time and i don't know how long they've had a youtube channel probably from the very beginning i would suspect probably. if i went into their yeah. history you know yeah, so that's what started to happen i think it was probably back in 2013 2012 something right, like that right. where where these media companies were starting to fork their content they were trying they were making it available as a video podcast but they were increasingly building their yeah, their subscriber base and their audience on YouTube. Just, um, just think if Revision Three, for some of those shows, there was you know I can't remember what who did who bought Revision Three or did they? The Discovery Channel bought right bought those guys. Now, it's most people, you know, you don't hear too much about Loria anymore. Um, mm -hmm. but you know, there were certain personalities that that shifted with that, you know, and one of the, that's one of the reasons why, you know, the reason this show, I'll be honest with you. When I started video podcasting, I think in episode 600, which would have been about 2010, I think was mm -hmm. when I started video podcasting. And I think that's about the time we started this show too. I will have to go back and look because it was Saturday morning tech. Then the only reason <laughs> The only reason we did video podcasting and stream live, and I think we were striving then on Ustream. Mm -hmm. I think that was the platform. And we moved to Blab and two or three others. Um, right. And we could only do one stream at one time. We could only be on one platform. Was when I did my show in Hawaii, it was 8 p.m. Pacific. I mean, 8 p.m. Hawaiian, 11 p.m. Pacific, uh, 2 a.m. Eastern. And then right. most of the people that watched the video podcast was coming in from Australia because they were awake. Yeah. Everyone else was asleep. And I wanted, yeah. I wanted some interaction. That was the only reason I did video. Why did I want to have people really kind of doing this? Right. And then for me, right. it was a, it was purely for the interaction piece. It was just like right now we got Ross, we got Tom in, in the YouTube chat right now, all making comments. Um, yeah. and I wanted that interaction because I wasn't getting it from the audio podcast. I wasn't live audio streaming. Mm -hmm. So, and then when you and I started the Saturday morning tech and I did the show at 6 AM or whatever ridiculous time we started when I was in Hawaii, 9 AM or whatever it was your time. Um, the, and then switched that show to this show. It's you know, we did on one show, we decided to change the name of the show. We did it because we wanted the, the interaction of the audience like we're getting right now. Right. Um, no, that was a big reason. Big so reason. Plus, Ross said the Young Turks had a channel on a now defunct platform called Fire Talk in 2016 when I left Blab for Fire Talk. But yeah, the Young Turks were kicking in 2010. So, uh, Brand uh, Ross also says a lot of podcasters that have huge audiences for their YouTube version of the show and they call them podcasts. That's where the focus on YouTube has come from. Yeah, it's probably it's probably true. Uh, Tom yeah. says, I can give you three eras. Well, Tom, what are those three eras? 
Ross also says, does the article get into all the ways podcasters monetize without running ads? No, I don't think so. I don't think it talks about affiliate links in the notes, promoting your own product and services, merch, Patreon. And again, you know, there's this phenomenon known around affiliate things that, you know, I've talked about in the show years past. Mm -hmm. I can take, we, I bet you I could do it today. I bet you I could replicate this. I can tell you, Ross, if I'm going to pay you $25 CPM to promote Red Bull, let's just say Red Bull. Let's say I'm going to pay you to promote Red Bull. And I tell Ross's twin, if there was such a thing, in, 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 AI an, clone. in another dimension, if I told <laughs> Ross's clone in the another dimension to have an affiliate deal with Red Bull, the CPM campaign would outperform the affiliate campaign by 10 times. Mm -hmm. Why? I don't know. It just does. It just does. <laughs> it's true. I, hundreds. I have hundreds of campaigns that, oh, we just want to run affiliate. I'm like, no, it's going to fail. Well, I think it's because the host has a little more passion for it because there's more of a commitment there. Um, on both both parties, the ads sound the same, and I don't know why they perform different. <laughs> Must be know. some reason, Todd. There's there something, to some inflection yeah. in voice, some motor. Yeah. There's something. If someone there's can unlock it, if someone can, if I if this, if someone can unlock that, we can make a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> and you can go back in years past and find where I've said this before. Yeah. I've said the same yeah. thing. <laughs> There's something psychological that happens between affiliate yeah. and paid endorsement. I don't know. Yeah. So do we think, Todd, that as you look out two or three years from now, so if I, I take the premise that Steve's coming up with here about this third um, era, right, of what's a podcast, right? Sure. Um, I think he's Le probably leaving the, leaving the technical side aside. Right. Yeah. I think from a from a practical perspective and a reality based perspective, I do think that um, that question is being asked not as much because people really want to know the answer uh, that's anything different than what they already perceive. It's more like there's this feeling that we need to expand what the term means and. And it's not that people are asking, well, what's a podcast? I think most people know what a podcast is. No, I, it's just what I, we're faced with is people thinking that they need to think about podcasts as a much larger thing than it has been historically known for. I think there's another dynamic here, and maybe what you're saying is maybe true from a psychological standpoint. But I also think that some, and I've heard this more than once, some podcasters think that I can't succeed and get big enough with audio to make I money. I have to do video in order to get my audience big enough to succeed. And I'm, I'm sorry, but I believe that's a false premise. Good content, good content, good executed, engaging content, whether it be audio or video, is going to succeed. I don't believe 
maybe you'll adapt the skills and the personality to have a better successful video podcast than you would an audio podcast. But if you are not succeeding as, as a audio podcaster, I would say first, before you make the jump to start doing video podcasts, and I'm, and when I say it, I want you to do a real one, not one that's over on one of that, that other thing that we've been talking about and that we're streaming on right now. Um, I want you to think about fundamentally, what are you doing with your show? Are you making it easier for your content to be found? Are you putting in the work doing show notes? Are you doing the social promotion? Are you sleeping, breathing, living this, building it 24 seven? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. If it isn't your second job, then don't complain if your show's not growing. And you may not be getting paid for your second job. Yeah, I think the problem that happens is that people's expectations um, ex exceed the reality of what their experience will likely be. Uh, and that's one of the challenges. I, I, I look at some of these super talented people out there, and I'm amazed. I, and I try to think, how can I replicate? I can't. Because the personality mm -hmm. is the personality. You look at Howard Stern. Love him or hate him. The guy is a mm -hmm. master of an interviewer. You may not like yeah. his politics. Matter of fact, him and his wife are having, I heard, having a fight over the COVID thing. It doesn't matter. But he still is a master at doing interviews because he has a big team. They do great research. He has questions to ask that no one else has ever asked. So mm -hmm. what is it to be a great podcaster? You got to do the research. You got to do the work. You got to, you, you got to put the time in. Yeah. Well, that's true. And a lot of shows won't make it to two years. It takes two years for someone that is out. Rob, <laughs> did you know me in 2004 before we started podcasting? No. No. No, yeah. but I, I met you in what? 2005. Right. Because right. what did I have? I had a, a podcast. I had a failed blog. I was, a, well, I didn't have a successful blog. Either, I had so a, I had a, what's the word we want to use? I had a bird excrement pot, a blog. I was not a good writer. Thank God for Grammarly today. Because if it wasn't Grammarly, I still. When I went to, when I took English in high school and college, man, I'm telling you, the red pen flowed. <laughs> nice. So, and I'm not, I still destroy the English language. So we started the podcast. We were all together having fun, didn't know making up any rules, having a good time. We weren't worried about the, I wasn't worried about the money. I knew I spent a lot of money until I got home and, you know, showed my wife the bills. She's like, I wouldn't feel too bad about it because chat uh, GPT four um, <laughs> is torn apart by Grammarly too. So right, right. But anyway, I got home and you know, too bad. The, right. the the money situation became a problem when I showed her. Well, I'm spending about eight hundred dollars right. a month to keep right. this show on the line. Right. Well, you're right. what? <laughs> yeah, you know, I had my own boat. You know, sinking a thousand dollars every month into the hobby at the time. People complain about their twenty dollar hosting bill. <laughs> you know, and right. you know, so you know, I was given a limit. I say, you, she, she basically put her finger in my chest and said, "You got two years, buddy." 
Two years, two years to make money. Are you going to pull the, pull the plug on this train? You know? So I was motivated. Yeah, you were. And when Wiley came calling with the book deal, I was like, yes, get out of jail. Saved by, saved by the, by the book. But what was funny was I spent every penny on that. Every penny that I got advanced at $13,000 I got for doing the advance. I spent every penny on that, keeping the podcast online the first year. Yeah. And getting all your gear and all that stuff. <laughs> well, it wasn't, you know, it was just the way it was, you know, because it cost a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, it's changing. But so now we have. Yeah, I had my own servers co-located <laughs> in co-location facilities. So no one that's... wants to hear any of this, you know. Right. So, right. but, you know, there was people that were, that's, and you had to have money to be able to have your show online in those early days. Because if you build any audience, oh my God. And then, Lib- a fortune. then then Libsyn showed up and it was like the Holy Grail, you know, no wonder Libsyn has these lifetime fans is because they, they save people thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. It was expensive to host a popular yeah. podcast back in those days. That, that's why I, I built my own servers and had my own co-location facilities, my own T1 connections so, so, and all that stuff. So now. It was cheaper to do that than it was to pay somebody else. So now you don't have to worry about the money. You just got to worry about building great content. Right. That's you true. know, and we were investing so much money. Guess what? Guess what we had to do? And maybe it made it made a difference. We had to build an audience. We had to. Yeah, it was too expensive not to. Had to build a big audience. Yeah. I remember a good friend of mine when he started making more money than his job, he begged me. He said, Do not ever say how much money I make. He was making over a hundred thousand dollars a year, very early, two, five, two, six, 2005, 2006. And he's do not ever say how much money I make because my boss will fire me. Um, and he worked for a very, very big fortune 50 company at the time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he was one of the few that made big money in the early days, but he never announced how much money he made ever publicly ever, ever. Right. You know, and um, I know we've we wandered all over the place here. I'm sorry if we've gotten too. Yeah, Todd, I wanted to to share it towards the end here. I wanted to share the news that came out, and I don't know if you saw this or not, but uh, it appears that OpenAI is going to be integrating uh, Dolly three into Chat GPT. Did you see oh, this? When did that news pop today? Uh, actually, it's on their website. I can send you a link to it in the chat. You know, I, I'm I'm not a big fan of Dolly 3 yet. Well, uh, but you have to look at what the next version of it looks like. Well, um, probably true. Yeah. So, yeah, I sent you a link to it in the, the meeting chat. Yeah, I don't know if you can pull that up. That's behind me. So, oh, okay. Yeah, okay. But, it's open. It's at openai.com forward slash doll. Dash E dash three. D A L dash E dash three. Three. Right. And that uh shows oh. you examples of what the new D- it's open dot AI for says D A L dash E dash dash three. Oh, I don't it came up four oh four. Uh let me just do this and I'll Google it here. Oh, openai.com. Oh, dot, forward slash open AI. Yeah. Okay, hang on. Dot com forward slash. It'll, it'll find the story here. Okay. Uh, 
keep. But really, what stood out for me here was um, the the visual output is going to be capable of um, embedding um, actually accurate English language into the image. <laughs> so, oh, so oh, the the ability to create episode art may be unlocked here. Well, I've been doing pretty good with Mid Journey, but I have been editing with yeah, uh, Photoshop yeah, every yeah, time. You, yeah, you've been having to layer um, textual yeah, yeah, on top yeah, yeah, of it, yeah. right? Where this is going to have the ability to add it uh, as part of the output. So if text, the text has been challenging, so they, they're probably doing a trick here. You probably tell it what text to overlay. Right, So totally. that, that's good, you know, and... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah can you pull it up on the screen? Yeah, that's, you... but this is what I found. This is probably not it, is it? Um uh what's the address that you're at it's there? at open.ai.com research oh no no open ai not open.ai it's openai.com not open.ai hang on it's just, i'm on the right site i'm just not at the right url okay i hope this gets it Uh, it still gives me four, four for, for that address. I, I, I can't find what you're talking about. Oh, okay. I have it up in front of me. Maybe. I mean, I can share my screen Let's with you. See here. Maybe. Help. Okay. Let me see if I, I, I hear, see a bunch of people talking about it, but yeah, this is what I see. This is some of the stuff I see is. Yeah, that's it there. Okay. Well, we'll see. Uh, again, it's if they're putting just numbers on jerseys and that kind of stuff, then time will tell. Well, no, if you look at some of the images actually have text on them, that's actually accurate. Yeah, this um, is this is not the uh, the one from OpenAI because nobody wants a link to the original article. I don't know why I'm having such trouble getting over there. Well, let's try anyway, this. My image is all messed up now because I shared... Okay, I found it. Okay. Yeah, so that image on the left there that you see right there. Oh, I just feel so empty inside. That was, deli yeah. that's cool. In a bubble. Yeah, so that gives you a little bit of a clue of what this may be able to accomplish in the future here. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's big. And, you know, it's news by the week. So we did have a couple well, of comments come in. Unknown caller. Oh, what was that? My watch. Sorry. But, um, yeah, I thought it was really interesting that uh, this was getting integrated into chat GPT. So if you have a paid plan, you'll be able to output uh, images, too. And my understanding is that the next version of chat GPT will also be able to. Yeah, I'd heard about uh, that. About upload images. media to it oh. as well. So like audio and video, and it'll it'll do things. 3,330 sats for Mike Dell listening live on Podverse. 3,333 sats again from Mike Dell listening live on Podverse. Thanks for the double boost, Mike. You hit it twice. Yeah. Um, interesting. So you know, I, it's what I'm finding is I actually just subscribed for Claude too. That's why I paid the $20 a month for that. And... Hmm. Um, because I started noticing my outputs were getting smaller. And um, 
So it shows me that they're tightening down. They're not giving you as much text on a original query. And so I paid for it and I'm getting a little bit more, but um, I won't say what we're doing internally, but boy, I tell you what, the API is a heck of a lot more. Uh, you can get a lot more output of an a via an API than you can just by doing raw queries. So, yeah, because I I've been trying to export transcripts from audio that I've been re- recording in various projects I'm working on, and if the audio if the transcript is too long, Chat GPT will choke on it. And they'll they'll yeah. just say too much text. I can't parse it. So this is where um, you have to use uh, Claude, where you can attach a file. And say, give me a summary and whatever other queries you're going to do. And you, and if it doesn't give you, you have to really be aggressive with it and say, look at the entire transcript, summarize the entire transcript. Don't, right. don't, don't give me half. Give me all. You have to almost be talk to it like a little child, and then it'll give you half of it. And then you say, okay, continue, and it'll give you the next half of it. Or you may have to say, oh. continue three times. Now, where does that happen to chat GPT as well? Well, in chat GPT, you you know, it's not as easy to attach files. So you have to use their, well, you can, you have to cut and paste. No, you don't. You use the contextual editor, um, use the advanced data analysis tool. You turn that on in settings. Yeah. In ChatGPT, there's something called advanced data analysis. Now, it's typically used for, it's, it's more inclined to be used with um, spreadsheets and that kind of stuff. But I've tricked it to use transcripts as well. Um, this is the advanced data analysis is what, and it, the biggest file you can put in there is 300 megs or something like that. So obviously a transcript won't. But this is where I was able to do data analysis on the podcast awards voting was using advanced data analysis from a spreadsheet. Took, actually, I uploaded a CSV file that was very condensed. And um, so it's usually advanced data analysis is more inclined to be used for, um, for data. But text is data, too. You just have to ask it nice. So where do you find those? It's in settings. You go over to your settings, but you do the, do the little, the little clipper, the little, the, the hamburger on the left-hand side. And it says settings and beta. And then you go to beta features and you turn on advanced data analysis. Now, again, your mileage is going to vary there. But again, I encourage you to use Claude. Claude is much better at looking at uh at at transcript text. Claude dot AI. I went to I went to settings and then you see you see you look for beta. Beta features. Beta settings. You go to beta features. Yep, and then there's a little slide arrow there. Okay, there it is. It says advanced data analytics, and you can turn on plugins too. So plugins are some of the cool stuff to play around with. All right. Yeah, I haven't played around with this stuff. Yep, but we don't want to get Export into a data. Full, we don't want to get into a full AI discussion already. We already we're already dropping people off on the live stream. But so Sony uh, looks like they're yeah. pulling the plug or cutting. Yeah, I was always a little surprised that Sony was that heavy into podcasting anyway. To be 
honest about it. Um, it's kind of like Xbox being involved in podcasting. It didn't really make a lot of sense, but, um, but yeah, it's interesting that they've, but I see that they're still hiring people. I saw that there was a job listing, uh, in pod news for Sony music for a podcast person, but yet they're, they're in the news for laying off a significant percentage of their podcast division. So it's again, you know, it's too bad to be honest with you. A lot of jobs going to be lost yeah. and, uh, they're canceling a celebrity podcast. So, Hmm. Of course, I wonder why they, they highlighted this one podcast in the article. It's almost like, cause they have many shows. Why? I don't why know how many would, total shows do they have? Well, they've been working on, I mean, they've had a pretty, pretty large team working on creating all sorts of different. Well, kinds that's of podcasts. probably because it's the biggest name in the, of course, I don't pay yeah, for Bloomberg, so I don't get the full news on this. I get the cutoff part here. Yeah, I don't see that much of the article either. But this is a yeah. third round, and it says, Decision to cut staff and shows follows industry contraction. That's just it. It's not a contraction. Listeners are still here. This just means, well, you know what that means? Money, 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 money. Not as much money is coming into the space. Yeah. Well, I guess you could say that that's a contraction if your focus is on if you, making advertising revenue. That's right. right. And that's that's kind of the common theme of the show today is is the the retraction or the contraction or whatever word you want to describe what's going on in the podcasting industry. It's pretty isolated just to those that are involved in advertising. So I had a, a, a interview on, uh, with one of my most favorite podcasters. Uh, Erica and I had a, had a podcast. We we're on her podcast advertising playbook podcast. Mm -hmm. uh, mastering long-term advertiser relationships. We talked a little bit about that during the show. But what I also... Yeah, are you talking about Heather? Austin? Heather, I'm sorry, not Heather, yeah. uh, not Erica. Okay. Heather. Yeah, sorry, Heather. It's okay. I'm um, going to be on her show too. And um, the we, you know, there was some we had some interesting conversation, and there was a thing in there where I asked her, mm -hmm. you know, what can we do for you? And you know, I would just leave it out there. I'm going to let people go out there and listen. But it was interesting what she asked of me. The someone that runs a hosting company and um but we talked a little bit about the ad loads that we're hearing and we've talked about it on this show about every six and a half minutes and bam you're hit with, with two ads that suck and driving me insane and um talking about you know keeping ads fresh and maybe why my show on geekness central where the ads aren't necessarily fresh and why they don't necessarily have to be um but we also had a great conversation pre-show um let's see here let, let me see if i can paraphrase this here without getting too many people angry um is it time rob for the ieb standard to change to have the minimum play length be more than a minute 
should it move to five minutes before we count it as a download? I think that may be too much. What's the number? Um, probably between two and three minutes max. Probably would be my guess. So, my thought. But that's just a random thought. It's not really based on looking at any kind of data or metrics, yeah. you know, and, and because it does drive really this that metric right there drives what a lot of the advertisers do. Right. They want to have all their ads in the first minute. Well, they don't all put all their ads in the first minute. I know they don't, but I mean, if you look at the historical or aspect of this, pre-rolls has been. I'm just going to play devil's advocate here. Is, is, you know, I know what we do at Blueberry and I'm not going to go into. It's early mid-roll, right? Well, I'm just going to say that's the minimum requirement for counting a listen or a download. But do any of us really, you know, is, is you as a podcaster. And if you're thinking about it, thinking about the IEB spec and how they're counting plays and downloads today, should uh, should one minute be the minimum for a count or should it be three minutes like Rob said, or should it be five? You know, how much of that media file should be delivered before we say, yep, someone's actually listening. And we're going to count that as a play. There's, there's going to be a direct impact on the amount of revenue that a particular show would be able to make. So I would change it I, to five minutes. Let me uh, put on my bulletproof vest here. And, and, you know, put them on the scales a little bit and say, is three minutes something we should really be looking at? I think it depends on. I, I know what the math is. <laughs> I'm not going to say what the math is. I know what the math is. It's, it, but if, if you might, put that requirement, even at three, three to five, you're going to cut your, the counting down probably by half, probably. Well, that's one. That's interesting that you would say maybe, that. Maybe. Maybe. Let's say it's three well, minutes. Well, Todd, 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 back up a little bit. Let's, let's apply a little bit of context to this sure. because. Because I think the historical orientation to this conversation has been that the download happens and that's what we're counting is the download. Right. And, but that comes out of an an earlier era in podcasting, right. Where people subscribed and the, the file got delivered to their media player. Right. And we counted that as a download. Um, now people are just clicking play, right? Sure. They're not, Really but subscribing. In, in many really instances, though, that player will grab a minute's worth of audio that quick. Yeah, but is it counting what actually <laughs> plays, or is it counting? They don't know. That it was downloaded. They don't know. They don't know right. Still, they don't know. Exactly. Exactly. And that's so it's still the, the same problem. Same problem. Right. Same problem. Because they don't have the client they still don't know side they actually data. Listened. Right. Right. They still don't know. One minute, three minutes, five minutes. You still don't know. If they listen, Spotify knows, Apple knows. So let's say we take the three minutes. Would that potentially solve this issue that might be occurring with Apple querying 100 files at once and not only downloading three? Oh. Oh. I'll leave it at that. uh, Does it? I'm going to get shot 
I'll, I'll just leave it there. So let's put so this say, way. Blueberry doesn't have a problem. So with, say that again. So you're saying specifically an apple. Yeah. You're saying that when they will ping the, the RSS when feed. someone buys a new app or, you know, something gets screwed up or anything and they try mm-hmm. to, Apple tries to download a hundred episodes and they can't because it's not physically possible to do that at once, but it queries a hundred at a time and it only downloads two. And then tomorrow it'll, it'll try to download 98 and the next day, you know, keeps hitting it. So okay. Blueberry doesn't have that issue. We don't have a counting issue. Because I overqualify media downloads. So Todd's, you know, Todd's thought is, you know, are we doing too little? Are we measuring too little? Are we counting too early? And should we, should we have a little more of a qualified delivery to count it instead of counting it one minute? Should we count it at three or five? I think you would have a better number of actual audience engagement the higher that number is. So uh, Drink with Rick says a minute and a half seems decent amount of time to count as a listener who is checking out a podcast to determine if they want to continue listening or not. That would count as a listen, though. Yes, it would. Today it would. But here's the Mm -hmm. thing. Majority of apps, when you are not subscribed and you click play, will probably download a consistently more than just a minute. Right. It depends sh- on the speed of your connection and app, and you know, there's there's they grab it in different chunks and sizes. So, because right. you're never going to have an accurate measurement if it's based on a download. So I'll just leave this out here in the audience. You know. As a podcaster, do you think we should have a higher standard for counting something as a play and listen than just one minute of delivery? I know what people in the advertising side. That's are why tell I you. have my bulletproof vest on right now. Rob. <laughs> <laughs> I think they would prefer that it gets count just at the point of clicking the button. I think right. so. <laughs> Right. Yeah. <laughs> and probably what YouTube hmm. does. Hmm. Hmm. Um, but what's interesting about what's different about YouTube is that they, they will give you yeah. playback duration. Of and course. it's a major factor yeah. in the metrics of evaluating because the they success see, of a They program. see all that. They see everything. They don't right. count when I fall asleep, though. It's still playing. <laughs> and it's I'm like going with to this the show on, on YouTube. I can log in and see right. what the, what's what's how far are people listening? Hey, into please, everyone, get on like YouTube. Please, everyone, <laughs> when they get ready to leave for the... Shh, we don't want to tell you this. <laughs> but tomorrow, when you get ready to go to work, make sure you... Click. At this point, nobody's really click, listening click, anyway, Todd. Yes, so. they are. Click play. <laughs> click play on YouTube and go to work. Actually, I think right. that's illegal to do. I could probably get banned off. You. Don't, don't do that. Don't do right. that. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, funny. Okay. I think we've gone way over. Yeah, right? we have. We've went way over, but uh, some juicy, juicy, juicy. Go listen to the podcast advertising playbook. Listen to the discussion Heather and I had. Link to her article, please. We appreciate it when you do that. True and Native Media is her company. Yes, True right. Native Media. And uh, Rob. I'm going to be on her show here soon, too. 
Yep. It's, I've been on our show a couple of times. It was a great time. Mm-hmm. Todd at Blueberry, Blueberry without the ease because we couldn't afford ease, blueberry.com. At Geek News on X. I'm at, at Geek News at geeknews.chat on Mastodon. If you want to experiment with podcasting 2.0 and you're not a blueberry, buzzsprout, rss.com, go over to podcastmirror.com. And if you want to see who has a standardized, who is all basically compliant, go to Podcast Standards Project. Just Google it, podcast PSP standards.com or podcast standards project google that and uh, go look at those companies that are have a certified compliant podcast rss feed and you'll see the list over there so doing a call with charles in a day or so here oh good no no maybe we'll have something to talk about there maybe hint 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 um So uh, uh, thank everyone for watching. We'll be, I, I think we're back next week. Um, I'll be heavy prepping for the podcast awards ceremony on the 27th, but uh, the podcast awards ceremony is on the 30th. The votes are in. Uh, the tallying is going on and fraud analysis is also taking place. But I think we have our, have our winners. So how has the the voting been as far as Total numbers. We had over 8 million people participate in the nomination round. And then we did 22,500 in the final voting round of which 82% voted for six more, six shows or more. Okay. Those are good numbers. Yeah. Good numbers. And, uh, voting was tight. It's unbelievable when it comes down to the end, how, how, you know, some stuff is one in two votes. It's crazy. So, Okay, thanks. Are we back again uh, next Wednesday? Yeah, we're or back you... next Wednesday. Yep, hot and heavy. Okay. Yep. Um, at some point, I got to go see my new grandbaby at some point. I don't know if, if did you hear about that? I have a new granddaughter. Yeah. yeah, I have a new granddaughter. Congratulations. So right. At some point, I got to go out to Wachanah, Washington and uh, cuddle that little one at some point soon. I've got to go out to Seattle at some point here in October myself. Oh, so. well, let me know so maybe we can coordinate so we're both gone. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, all right, everyone. Thanks for being here. And, uh, thanks for the chit chat in YouTube and, uh, the Facebook folks were quiet today, but all the action was on YouTube. Thanks for Tom Ross drink with Rick. Who else was in here uh, yeah. today? Uh, a few others that came in and, and chatted in YouTube. Thanks so much. All right, buddy. All right. Let's see you next thanks, time. Thanks everybody. Yep. Bye. Yeah. Bye.